good afternoon, Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast and Video Series, where we talk about digital strategies and tactics to help grow your business. Today, I'm joined by Chris Mercer from MeasurementMarketing.io. Mercer, welcome to the show, my man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, hey man, I'm so excited to have you on the show. You know, as co-founder of MeasurementMarketing.io, you guys have really been getting into the weeds, getting into the just the nitty-gritty of measurement and and what that really means for brands. And uh, I'm excited for us to really dive into the show today, where we're going to talk about and give the listeners eight practical steps to survive the Apple apocalypse. Everyone is freaking out about this. Oh no, what are we going to do? We're losing our mind. We're not going to be able to, you know, track or find out or know what's happening this or there. Everyone's freaking out, running for the hills. Uh, but we're going to we're going to give them a, a, a way to pump the brakes, reduce the fear, have a plan. And we're going to outline this. So uh, again, Mercer, thanks for being on the show. Let's dig into this. What what is the problem that we're facing? Yeah, absolutely. So it's and it's, and it's kind of bigger than Apple in, in a way, right? It's even worse than just Apple apocalypse, like this whole measurement thing that's going on right now. So there's there's sort of these these. It's almost like that movie, The Perfect Storm, right? Where it was like all these storms came together and it really took out the boat. And when I think about this, I think about that movie where the little boat's going up that huge, massive wave that might be taken out, right? And it's like, that's marketers, this huge, massive wave. It's all this stuff that's changing in the world. So essentially what's going on, you've got these three massive forces colliding in measurement and, and all things tracking at this point. First is the marketplace. So users want privacy. They, they don't want to uh, you know, sit and, and have their stuff taken anymore. They don't want to feel like they're giving away all their data anymore. So you have that just as a market demanding it. Second, you have laws like GDPR. You've got Brazil, California. I am positive the U.S. will have one in the not too distant future and more countries will follow, right? So there's going to be laws that restrict what's able to be measured when it comes to personal identifiable information and that sort of stuff. Then you have tech and that's where Apple comes in. Because Apple's changing things because they own the technical platform. They own that information superhighway, so to speak, uh, that people are on right now. So, you know, they, they have that ability to actually say, okay, we're going to change how people are being measured. We're not going to allow people to collect that data. Or what they're basically doing is saying, we're going to make it the user's choice. So we're going to go to the market, and this could be a little pop-up that says, hey, is it okay if uh, these people collect all your data? And everyone's going to go like, no, that's exactly what's going to happen, right? They're predicting zero to 20 percent of the people are going to opt in for that right mm. uh which will probably be just some marketers maybe that might do that but i would guess most marketers probably wouldn't do that either right you're not going to want your data tracked so that's going to happen so apple's changing things you've got browsers like brave that are out there these browsers by default with with no setup at all do not measure anything right? they won't allow things to go to analytics or to to facebook or anything like that they, they kill all of it in the browser itself uh, you've got Google changing how they are doing stuff. They're not going to be able to, they're not going to track individuals anymore on behalf of companies. They're going to aggregate those. And so what's happening, there's this, there's this instinctual fear and gigantic freak out essentially is what's happening. And it's a lot coming from the media buyers, which is kind of interesting because all of a sudden it's people doing the ads that are doing the freaking out because 
mostly because Facebook and Apple got into this tip. Now remember, this has been happening for years, and this has been a slow-moving thing that anyone in measurement is well aware of, right? For years, this has been a thing. So we've all seen these changes coming. We've all made adjustments in the back end. However, Facebook freaked out all the media buyers when they got into their tip with Apple saying, oh, well, tracking's going to be down, and conversions aren't going to be seen, and it's going to kill small businesses, and you can't personalize ads anymore, and what's, oh, what's going to happen? Which I don't know what the point of that was because they're not going to convince Apple to go another direction. Um, and instead, they just freaked out their audience by saying, we're not going to have as, as useful conversions, right? They're not going to be as accurate as before. We're going to have to do modeling, right? Just like everybody else is doing for years, Facebook sort of had to come on board because they, they had to make adjustments. They don't own the platform, right? They own Facebook, but they don't own the browser like Safari, like Safari or something like that. They don't own Chrome OS like Google does. And so they don't have as many signals. They have to sort of rework how they how they adjusted everything. And so that's what's kind of freaking everybody else out now is because they've gotten all this messaging from Facebook saying the world is ending as we know it. And, and, and that sort of brings us to maybe that, that step of like, what do you do, right? That's the problem. It's like everything's going away and it's instinctual freak out of, we're not going to have access to any of our data and everything's going to go away and we won't know what to do. And and, I, and it's understandable based on the messaging you're getting from some of these platforms that you're going to feel like you're out of control, right? And that's why people are freaking out. So like, I'm out of control. I have no idea what's working and what's not. I have no idea where my money's going. And then all that, that's, that's all. That's a horrible thought to have, right? You're spending tens of thousands of dollars a day, no idea if it worked or not. <laughs> that's not a good conversation to have with the boss, right? Right. So I get the freak. You get it. But, you know, that, that, if that's the problem, it comes to like, okay, what do we actually do? And, and if people follow the messaging, Google's doing a really great job of keeping the common. Google's like the, like the older brother who's been through this before kind of thing. Like, I was just going to say, we, we went through this with uh, keywords, right? And, and SEO, yeah. we had a real similar panic moment, you know, where it was like, oh my gosh, all the things that we thought we knew about you know, uh, search engine optimization is all being, you know, threatened. And, and we all thought the world was going to end, but it didn't end, you know, but things changed and for the better, right? To, to, to allow us to have better search results to find what we're looking for. And I have to believe that even in this uh, data privacy, as humans, the way we are personalizing our content like your netflix channel doesn't look like my netflix channel your pandora channel doesn't look like my pandora channel we're not changing that behavior we're still going to do that and i think that's going to still have ramifications on personalizations but we'll see how it plays out but i think what you guys have done at measurementmarketing.io is really come up with these pillar measurement components and uh, let's jump right into that and talk about how that might play a role in, you know, surviving this uh, tsunami of data privacy settings. Absolutely. So, so you've got these platforms that are saying, here's all the stuff that's going to go on. And that's the big problem. Everyone's freaking out. What they've also said, and this is key, and they're doing it in unison. They're using the exact same phrasing and terminology. They're saying, you've got to get first party data. That's just a fancy technical way of saying you need to start measuring your site and you need to know how your websites are working, right? You need to be able to measure your site. You need to be able to measure that customer journey. And it really, at the end of the day, that in itself is just them saying, just do the basics, get back to the basics. You, you're, you've outsourced 
this responsibility to the ad platforms. They're not going to be able to do what they used to be able to do. So you have to have relationships with, them, with your own customers, and you've got to be able to measure that journey. So at MeasureMarket.io, again, we, we teach the basics. Like that's what it comes down to. 98% of this, if you had the basics down, you won't freak out because you don't feel like you're out of control because you know what's happening on your site. And so we've got a, a five-step process we call the five pillars of measurement marketing, which is really the first step is planning. And I'll go through the quickly the sort of a headline and we'll go into each one. So it's planning, then you build, right? Get your actual implementation in place. Then you get the reports built and you look at the reports. Based on the reports, you can then forecast what your near future is going to look like based on your, your current future, your current results. Then you optimize, right? You measure against your forecast to optimize. So going through these steps again, the first one's planning. Planning in and of itself is really just three things. It's what questions are we trying to answer? Then it's what information will we need to collect in order to answer those questions? And then, and this is the most important part of planning, it's the one everybody skips, what actions will we take based upon the answers we get? And this kind of looks like an if this, then that type of thing. So if the opt-in rate is between 35 and 45%, we're gonna be like, if the opt-in rate's working, we're gonna scale traffic. If the opt-in rate is below 35%, we might wanna look at the offer or the ads because there's some expectation that's not quite being met because it's lower than it should be. If it's above 45%, we might wanna look at the targeting because we might not be scaling because there is such a thing as too good of a conversion rate where the audience isn't scaling and maybe that's the issue. You're hitting the exact right people but not enough of them. So maybe you can, you can open up the messaging a little bit to allow more of an audience. So you do all of that, everything we just talked about in the planning step, before we open up analytics, before we do anything with other tools, it's just role playing it and thinking it through. The other thing that a proper plan uh, gives you, especially that question around what actions will we take, is you stop measuring for measurement's sake. Because there's this concept that if you just measure, I'll collect it all, I don't know, we'll figure it out later, right? It's like, oh, or you won't. It'll just be, there's a thing called dark data in the industry, which is like 97% of the data people collect, they never see again right? Because it just goes into the ether and it's not connected or useful in any way. So, so when you think about the plan, it keeps you from doing that stuff too. So you're very focused questions that you're answering. You know what actions you're going to take based on the answer you get. Then you go into the build, right? So planning, we've got done now, we move into build. That's where tools like Google Analytics come in. That's where tools like Google Tag Manager comes in. Because Tag Manager is a platform that Google created. And if you're not using that as a company, you absolutely should be. Google Tag Manager collects information. That's what it's designed to do. So it collects things like what pages people saw, which is pretty simple, kind of the basic behavior that happens on the site, but it can collect more interesting, more useful behaviors. Like, did they scroll halfway down the page and were they on the page for at least 45 seconds? And did they see our testimonial section for at least 27 seconds when they were looking at it? You can get very specific behaviors. So now you can start to measure for the conversation that the user is having with the page they're on mm -hmm. because of Tag Manager, right? So that's where Tag Manager and Analytics start working together and you collect the information, you send it over to Google Analytics, Google Analytics stores that information for you. And that's the build process, so you, you get that set up. So we've got our plan in place, we've built it out, so now we're collecting the information we need to get the answers that we have, right, for the questions we ask in the planning stage. Then there's the reporting stage. There's another platform that Google Analytics uh, has called Google Data Studio. Again, another mm -hmm. platform everybody should be using. It's completely free. All these tools are free. Uh, but Google Data Studio, it, the way that we recommend people design dashboards, I am not a fan of analysis at all. I hate it. I'm like, I have other more important things to do as a marketer than stare at numbers all day long, right? Like, I'm friendly with numbers, right? I'm, but I'm not like, I don't want to stare at spreadsheets 12 hours a day. It's not my thing. 
So with data studio, the way that the way we, we sort of encourage people to create their reports, their dashboards, if you will, is it's just like a car dashboard. You look at your car, you see your speedometer, and you know immediately, do I hit the gas or I hit the brake? Mm. Right? You know which action to take just because you interacted with the tool inherently gave you the action to take. That's how a marketer's dashboard should be because marketers do not have time to think about stuff. They need to be able to go there and say, okay, cool. I know what's going on. That option rate's too low. I planned that if the offer rate was too low, we're going to go look at the ad, we're going to look at the expectation of the offer, and we're going to see what we need to tweak. Done, right? See it? Go out. Go, get, go back to work. So that's what you can do with Data Studio. You can make reports that are very, very easy to use and interpret, and that naturally lead to action, right? So you've got your plan you've made up. You've got to build where you're collecting the information. You have reports where Data Studio comes in, and you're now displaying that information in a way that naturally display the answers, so they naturally lead to an action. Now that you've got your benchmarks, right? At this point, you've got your benchmarks of, of how things are working. You move into forecasting. This is the other step that people skip because it's a little scary because you're putting yourself on the hook. <laughs> now instead of saying, oh, well, next week we're going to make like $100,000. Now you use this results, what we call results and how. So you say, okay, next week we're going to make $100,000. Here's how we're going to do that. We're going to have a million impressions from Facebook. Of those, 1% will click through. Of those, 30% will opt in. Of those, within seven days, we're going to close them through email for an average order of $1,500, whatever it is, and that's going to equal $100,000. Here's how we're going to achieve our results next week based upon what's been happening, what our current trends are. And you start to understand in this forecasting that there is such a thing as trends and patterns. Mm. And this is what helps us marketers is we stop thinking about the individual and trying to trying to catch like you know it's like if you go to the river and you see a bunch of fish in the river and you're trying to, to catch a fish or, or, or you know go fishing you don't pick a fish and be like i'm gonna do everything i can to collect that one it's like <laughs> no you go most of the fish are most of the time right that's how you collect fish as marketers it's the same same thing you don't follow one person around forever you go where most of the people are most of the time this is also what the ad platforms are doing facebook's doing this now google and google's doing this now with their platform and kind of just grouping people right, at certain stages. So in the forecasting stage, you start to get really used to trends and patterns. You start to have a comfort with how your users are using your site. You start to know how your users are using your site. And more importantly, because you've got your measurement properly set up, you're measuring for all those different steps that you forecast. So now when you measure, when you send traffic, right, instead of going back in time, this is, this is a, a kind of a, a mental shift to make, most people go into analytics to like see what's happening or to see how users are using our site. But in reality, that's a horrible question to ask. What you should be asking is, are the users using our site in the way it was supposed to be used, in the way that we were supposed to have to go through that journey, right? And that's where that forecasting step comes in. Because then you, instead of asking like, did, what happened to the money? You're saying, did the money create the results and all in the way that we thought it was going to create the results? And you learn so much more when you do that. So you send actual traffic and then you measure against what your forecast was. That will very quickly tell you where you need to optimize. It'll either, if you're not hitting the results, it's either because the traffic wasn't high enough and you'll see it. It's because the click-through rate wasn't good enough and you'll see it. It's because the average order value maybe wasn't there and you'll see it. But you'll know exactly what action to take. And it becomes, it's sort of all the drama that goes on with this gut reaction of like, oh, the page isn't working. I'm not sure what to do. I guess we flip out a headline. And somebody else is like, no, you should change the background color. And somebody else is like, no, no, you should change the offer. You can literally measure to a, a level of detail that will tell you exactly what the issue is. It's either going to be, and you can tell it's the headline. If they're not staying more around 10 seconds, probably the headline. Or the ad is sending them over with the wrong expectation. If they are, you can look and you can measure. Are they looking at the offer? 
for a certain period of time? Did they investigate it? Did they actually have enough time to consider the offer? You can measure for that, and it very clearly leads to the next steps. That's what the optimization is all about, is doing all of that there. And that's all about what it is. So those are the five pillars. It's planning, building, reporting, forecasting, and then optimizing. Mercer, that is uh, a, a fire hose of a, a plan really broken out very logically and, and with, with method that makes sense. So I think the last thing that we're going to unpack here is these are the eight steps. You've given us five. There's three more. We're going to hit those, hit the high points of, of this journey because as you describe it, I'm visiting a website and I'm taking this digital journey along the path of pixels, if you will. And, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing something, but there's something to be intentional about that. What, what do you guys see as uh, an approach or, or, or observations in that space when, it, when we talk about journey? Sure, it's a great question. So again, it goes back to that question of, it's not are people using the site or which blog post are people get reading before they're buying. It's, it's is this journey working the way it's supposed to be? Designed the customer journey in a certain way, is it working the way we intend it to, right? So in our case, kind of a real life example of a customer journey, we have a product called the Measure Marketing Academy, which is kind of like our, our paid membership training program, right? For tell people learn all this stuff. So we have three steps in that customer journey. They have to have the sales page, of course, right? The offer page, when we're making the offer. There's the thank you page where they actually purchase the product. And then let's say there's the cart page in the middle, right? Where they're filling out payment details. So that's a very simple three-step journey. We measure for that journey using something we call the ACE model, A-C-E. So A stands for awareness. Now, this is as a company. If you don't have these goals set up, you need to set these up. You need to first measure if somebody is aware of the journey in the first place. Were they even aware of the journey in the first place? So if I'm measuring for how well the customer journey for the Measure Marketing Academy is doing, then I'm going to measure the number of times the Academy offer page even loaded. Let's say, just keeping it very simple. There's lots of ways you can do it. Keep it the simplest way. When the page loads, great. Now I know how many people were aware of that Measurement Marketing Academy as an offer. So that's the A of the ASM model, awareness. Then we need to measure how many people actually completed that customer journey. That's the C, right? So AC. How many completed? For us to be very simple, it's measuring the thank you page. How many people actually completed after payment and got the thank you page they were supposed to get? That's completed the journey. So now I know how many people were aware, how many people completed. I can figure out a conversion rate between the two, which is great, right? You got to have both of those. The most important part of that isn't either one of these. It's, it's that E part, A-C-E. E stands for engagement. And so that goes back to that results in how thinking, right? So we want to know what the result is for sure. That we, did we get our, enough sales? We have to measure for engagement along the way. So then you start seeing a journey. Did, did I hit, let's say my sales goal, I didn't hit my sales goal. Was it because not enough people saw the offer? Or was it because not enough people clicked to the cart? That's a different problem, right? Or if it's people that clicked to the cart and didn't fill it out, that's a very different problem than people not seeing the page in the first place. And that's why you measure the customer journey using that. Again, the ACE model is the easiest way to think about it. Is any customer journey, we have multiple customer journeys on our site, right? Some are just making them aware of our brand, and that's the journey we want them to go through. Then we move them into a journey about making them aware of a certain product. Then we have a journey that helps them engage more with that product if they didn't already purchase it, right? So we have all these different journeys, and we measure for all those steps. So we can see, is our website doing its job, right? Not, not oh, we built a site, I wonder if people are using it. It's, is it working the way that we built it to work? Right, and in that is where we can optimize and improve things. But the ACE model, where C is, did they complete the process, the, the journey that you want them to be on? E, did they engage along the way? 
Man, that is great. You know, so I think it, for those that are listening or watching today, we're really building confidence. And you said it right from the get-go. We as marketers, we've been lazy. We've been relying on these third-party platforms to curate and shape the data as people interact with our ads or content. And we've neglected our own information on our own site. And what this is saying and what you're telling us, Mercer, is that this is really about us taking back control and having a plan step-by-step from, you know, metrics inside and then the human element of experience. And it's all being tied nicely together uh, for folks to be able to, to feel confident about their own plan. Uh, well, as we wrap this up, this has been a great show. Uh, Mercer, how can people find out uh, more about you? And I, I think you've got like a little special thing that you put together. Tell us how we find out more. Absolutely. So, of course, our website is measurementmarketing.io. You can find everything else about us there. Uh, we do have a free membership that's available. So for people that just want to get started in this, uh, it comes with weekly training. We cover anything from strategy to some beginner topics to some more advanced topics and kind of rotate them through. But we give you a new video every week to kind of take a look at uh, so you can get a little taste of what we offer. Uh, and it also comes with a bunch of measurement marketing tools that we've created exclusively for our members. And you would have access to those. So things like the traffic tracking toolkit, there's a dashboard planner that's back there. Uh, I know you and I talked offline about the marketing behavior toolkit. We have that, sort of figure out the different behaviors happening on the site. And there's a lot of strategic tools that you can use to help you to shape your thinking to make sure, to your point, that you're taking advantage of what essentially, even though it's, I get that it's scary, it is truly an opportunity to take back control as marketers and to understand the story that's going on. So to get that membership, just go to measurementmarketing.io forward slash digital ops, all one word. So again, measurementmarketing.io forward slash digital ops. Awesome. Mercer, thank you so much. We'll have the link on our podcast, on Facebook, on YouTube. We'll have it everywhere so people can find it very easily. Thank you so much, Mercer, for being on the show. Great information. Again, always a pleasure. And guys, thanks for tuning in. My name is Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, and we'll catch you next time on the Digital Marketing Podcast. Take care.